Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast, where you will get tips to expand your legal nurse consulting skills. Every week, you'll hear from experts from within and outside of legal nurse consulting. They will share their knowledge to help you grow. Your show is moderated by Pat Iyer, a legal nurse consultant with 30 years experience. So join our community, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Here's Pat. Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast. I am Pat Iyer, and today we're going to be talking about something that you do every day and maybe not as effectively as you could. Jennifer Patnode is my guest. She's a health coach. She has had some health challenges and has learned how to use the techniques that she will be sharing with you today. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. I'm so excited to be here. We're talking about something that you do every day, which is sleep. And I'm sure, Jennifer, that you have heard those statistics about how many hours of your life you spend sleeping, some incredible number that is just mind-boggling. But for some of us, including myself, we don't always do it well. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the importance of sleep. So I am certainly biased in this area, but I don't think the importance of sleep can be overstated, particularly as it pertains to our health. It's so foundational. And a lot of us, when we think about improving or optimizing our health, what pops into our mind are diet and exercise. Those tend to be the first things that that come to mind, but and those are very important. And they are certainly part of the equation. But if you're not getting the proper sleep, all that stuff goes out the window. And I'll give you a quick example. Uh, If you are trying to lose weight, which I know is a goal for many people, if you are not, I don't care how cleanly you're eating, how many HIIT workouts you're doing, if you're not getting the proper sleep, your body will not release fat. So that is just one example of how sleep is the foundation upon which we need to build our optimal health. Yes. And I know that for our legal nurse consultants who are listening, many of them may have had times in their career when they had to work rotating shifts back when shifts were eight hours long. Now they typically tend to be 12. So our listeners understand the impact of getting our circadian rhythms all out of whack, of having to be awake all night and then having to stay awake during the daytime, possibly before being able to go to sleep that night or trying to sleep in the daytime when there's noise and activity and light and um, lots of factors that disrupt our ability to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talked a little bit about the critical nature of it. What do you know or what can you share with us about besides the weight loss, the impact on weight loss, what not having enough sleep can do for our 
cognitive capabilities or um, our, in general, our alertness, our ability to concentrate. Tell us about that. Sure. And um, I'm try. I, I don't like the fear mongering that sometimes happens in the wellness space. So the last thing that I want to do is uh, create more stress in people's minds when they, if they already, especially if they're already having issues sleeping is to then lie in bed and think, oh my God, that health coach told me now that the X, Y, and Z is going to happen to me because I'm not sleeping. So I, I want to avoid that, but I do think it's important to understand some of the things that can happen because especially with sleep, it's one of those areas of our health where we don't always feel the immediate consequences of not getting enough sleep or quality sleep. Granted, you might feel sluggish the next day, but you, in many cases, you can probably power through it or you feel like, oh, my body's used to it. I only get five or six hours a night. That's just how my body operates and I'm used to it by now um, without realizing that A, you're not functioning optimally and B, it's actually having a long-term impact. So sometimes it's hard to change our behaviors and habits when we don't see the immediate results. So some of those long-term impacts I'm talking about is we can actually develop chronic diseases and chronic health issues down the line if we are not getting the proper amount of sleep. So, so many um, systems work during our sleep time. You kind of think, well, all right, when I'm shutting down and I'm sleeping, I'm resting. Everything is kind of resting within my body. But in actuality, a lot is going on while we're sleeping, a lot of important things. And if the, those processes are disrupted, and our body isn't able to kind of reset itself and restore a lot of our, our functions to get us ready for the next day. Um, and if that happens consistently enough, then those um, harmful health effects will happen down the road. Um, so for instance, one of the um, major things that happens while we're sleeping is um, our system gets rid of a lot of the toxins and kind of junk that is accumulated in our bodies throughout the day. So both our lymphatic system in our body and um, similarly in the brain, it's called the glymphatic system. It's working hard while we're sleeping to just get all that crap out of there. Um, and if we're not allowing our body the time and the proper rest to do that, then all that junk is just building up. And that's what's causing a lot of these issues that we're seeing down the road. So it's truly important. And, and if we're disrupting those processes during the night, then the body has to kind of start over. So if you've ever had that frustrating experience, if you're streaming a TV show or you say you've recorded something on your DVR and you go to watch it and it keeps glitching out. And then when you try to watch it again, it keeps starting back at the beginning. 
And you like, ah, I've already seen this part. I want to get to the good stuff. Similarly, if we are, if our sleep is disrupted during the night and we get back to sleep, it's got to start all over again. And so it's not getting all of the restorative things done that it's meant to do while we're sleeping. I'm following you. I know that there are some different types of sleep issues or struggles. It's not all that we have trouble falling asleep, but other things can happen during the night. Can you give us a sense of what those are? Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, some folks do, they have a hard time falling asleep. Um, no matter what they do, they go to bed and might lie there ruminating on what happened during the day, or they just don't feel tired. Um, so that's one thing. Um, other folks have no problem falling to sleep. And in fact, they might be really tired early in the evening and have an early bedtime, go fall asleep, no problem. But then like clockwork at midnight, 1, 2 a.m. every night, they find themselves wide awake and unable to get back to sleep. Um, still other folks are kind of in and out of sleep all night, um, but it's they're never really getting that deep restorative sleep. So then in the morning when they have to get up, which and they probably would rather just stay in bed at that point, um, but they have to get up and it's, you know, they got the brain fog and the sluggishness during the day. And as individual as people's sleep issues are, the causes of those sleep issues um, vary greatly by person. What are some of the causes? So they could be, there could be some type of medical issue, but um, that's probably a smaller percentage as opposed to um, a lot of it can probably be traced to what we're doing during the day and uh, or what we're eating um, or when we're eating. So folks might have a sensitivity to a certain food um, that they ate even in the morning and that can affect their sleep that night. Um, we know that having caffeine after 2 p.m. for some people even afternoon can affect their sleep at night. Um, alcohol, some folks like to have a drink in the evening. The issue there is then your body needs to expend its energy on processing the alcohol and it's not able to do what it wants to do um, in terms of those other uh, processes that we, that we talked about before. Um, folks not getting, I, you mentioned circadian rhythms and getting our circadian rhythms in check. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in detail. Um, but really, people aren't getting outside enough, getting natural sunlight and um, just getting enough time outside without worrying about whatever else is going on in your day. Um, and the sunlight component in particularly is very important to our circadian rhythms, which I'll talk about. Um, and also, of course, uh, our nighttime routine, what we're doing right before bed. 
So we know that with all of our devices that we have these days, and so many of us are really attached to those devices right up until we close our eyes to go to sleep. And that can be very disruptive. Can you talk about how that is disruptive? What is the mechanism that causes exposure to the computer screen or the cell phone to interrupt sleep? Mm -hmm. Sure. So those devices emit blue light, which is, I'm talking about sunlight again, which is the light that we experience from natural sunlight during the middle of the day. And blue light is primarily responsible for helping to raise our cortisol levels, which is the hormone that wakes us up in the morning, keeps us going during the day. But our natural exposure to blue light should wane at the end of the day. And what happens is by continuing that exposure, we're interrupting our natural hormone production. So our body, um, it's an amazing system and it balances out our cortisol and melatonin production. So those are two key hormones in our sleep-wake cycles. So as I mentioned, when we are wake up in the morning and then we gradually get exposure to more blue light, our cortisol levels are rising and that's what's keeping us awake and going. And once that process starts to happen, it's kind of like a, a switch is, is flicked to automatically tell our body, okay, so many hours from now, it's time to reduce our cortisol and start production of melatonin. And so that typically happens around sunset. And as we know, melatonin, the hormone of sleep, it's actually the hormone of darkness. And so once the sun sets, so let's say right now it's around eight o'clock, our peak production of melatonin is about four to five hours after that. So 12 p.m. 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. 1 a.m. And it's reliant on darkness. So if we're sitting in front of these devices at 10 p.m., 10:30 that are emitting all this blue light, it's disrupting our melatonin production. And it's not allowing us to hit that peak level of melatonin, which is then going to carry us through the rest of the night. So for a lot of folks, by doing that and by scrolling on your phone right before bed, you're really handicapping yourself in terms of that melatonin production. And so it's no wonder that you're either not getting the quality sleep or you're waking up at some point um, in the early morning hours because you just don't have enough melatonin to get you through. So it sounds like there needs to be a lock on our devices that will automatically put them into sleep mode or turn those little things off mm -hmm. to reduce the temptation. Mm -hmm. I know that I give in to Jennifer to find out well, what happened today. What's the news at 10 o'clock at night? I'm finding right. out what happened. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us do. And I occasionally do that too. It's just too easy. Mm -hmm. to do that, unfortunately. And we're just so used to 
having that at our fingertips. Yes. I had an app that I had to turn off. It's been more than a year since I used it. I think it was Smart News, and it would keep track of what I was watching, what I was paying attention to and clicking on, and then give me more of that. Mm-hmm. But not when I wanted to see it, it would pop up in the middle of something that I was doing and give me a story that I had to look at. And I said, look, smart news is making me dumb. I'm going to turn that off, interrupting me and distracting me. No, Mm -hmm. but now I have Apple news, which I can watch and read whenever I want, including after 10 o'clock at night, Jennifer. So I think that's a key point. A key takeaway is make sure that we are turning off our blue light devices earlier than we think we should be turning them mm-hmm. off just to get mm-hmm. the benefit of the melatonin production. Before we continue with the show, I'd like to share this special announcement with you. I want to talk to you today about a problem, limiting the size of your LNC business. To build your LNC business, you need a network of subcontractors on whom you can call to take on the bulk of this work. If their work doesn't meet the levels of achievement you need to have in your business, you need to fire them. Are you limiting the size of your LNC business? Are you trying to avoid hiring anyone? Are you afraid to grow? If you don't hire or subcontract, you will find you are constantly running to try to catch up. What happens if you want to sell your company? I would not have been able to sell my company if I had been the only person in my company whom the attorneys could rely on. There's no saleability in a company that is run by a solo practitioner without backup. All you have to sell is yourself. I'm Pat Iyer. I'm one of the few LNCs who successfully sold her business. I had 200 expert witnesses under contract by the time I sold my company. My company's viability did not rely on me being available. And while that may not seem like a big issue, if you're in the beginning of your career, it's wise to look ahead to the end. Working with subcontractors provides you with a way to grow your business, to broaden your services, and create something that you can potentially sell. You'll find much more valuable information in LNC subcontracting how to boost your business at lnc.tips forward slash creating series. Get it today and watch your business grow. Now let's return to the show. And I know it's hard to do as we were just saying, and there are some hacks. There are um, on the iPhone, there's some type of night mode or something and on Android um, similar, or you can download an app that decreases the level of the blue light um, coming through. And I think similarly on computers, there's some type of mode to do that too. Um, which is better than nothing, um, better than just continuing to watch those devices um, kind of unprotected. Uh, but the ideal would be 
you know, at least 30 minutes before your intended bedtime to kind of just shut them all down. Yes. Well, you stressed the use of melatonin, which leads me to ask you about the sleep aids that are available. There are Mm -hmm. prescription as well as non-prescription sleep aids. What's your take on the usefulness of taking melatonin as a way to help improve sleep? I, so I would 100% opt for that over a lot of the prescription medications that are out there. And I think, um, let me back up a second. Um, I do think there's a time and place for some of those. Um, if, you know, there's some, um, something you've gone through where some type of tragedy or something, you know, you're really, really struggling, um, to get that sleep. And, you know, that's you know, for a time, maybe it's okay to take a prescription, but it is definitely not a long-term remedy. Um, they can be habit forming, um, or I know a lot of folks say that, that, they stop working for them. They've relied on them for so long and now suddenly it doesn't even work for them anymore. And any type of pharmaceutical is going to have some type of side effect in terms of, um, you know, wreaking a little bit of havoc internally, most likely in your, in our gut. I don't know if you've heard of the term leaky gut. Um, so there are a number of things that can damage the function of our gut. And uh, one of them is um, medication. So anytime we can um, get away from medication, I think is beneficial to our overall health. So a more natural supplement um, is preferable. Uh, I do know that some folks don't feel as though melatonin truly works for them. Um, I happen to take uh, a all natural supplement. Melatonin is one of the ingredients, but it also has um, four or five other natural ingredients that really help um, to kind of calm the system, help you get to sleep and then maintain your sleep throughout the night. So I find that very helpful and it's non-habit forming. Um, and so, I, and I don't take it every night. I just take it when I feel like I need something. Um, so, and I should add that supplementation is technically not in my wheelhouse and, um, I actually legally can't advise folks on supplements to take, but, um, I think that if you have been taking some type of medication, feel like you do need something, then I would certainly talk to your doctor maybe even better, like a naturopath, functional medicine doctor about some supplements that are, um, that are natural that could benefit the sleep issues. So we've talked about natural supplements. We talked about reducing blue light. We discussed controlling caffeine in the diet, no caffeine after noon or 2 p.m., What about things that we can do to settle down that little busy mind that is making to-do lists, uh, continuing an argument with another person, 
uh, is busily planning the next day, what do we do with that? Oh, it that's what drives my brain nuts at night is, mm. oh, I didn't remember to do that. I've got to make mm. sure that I remember to do this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? Yeah, that's a tough one because I often find that on the nights where I experience issues, a lot of it is is just what you said. Um, thinking about either oh, things that happened that day, how I handled something or what I have to do the next day. And so, um, so one tip is to have pen and paper next to your bed and, and write it down. You'd mentioned like a to-do list. Well, actually write it down. So you know that in the morning, great, you can refer to that so you can get it out of your head. Um, another great thing to try is there are a number of different um, breathing exercises to help calm the mind and um, there, and, and you can search them up. They're readily available, but they're um, those are really great. And oftentimes a lot of the exercises involve um, counting. So as you're breathing in, you count a certain number of times, you might hold the breath and let it out counting. And so as you're focusing on the actual exercise and the counting, then you stop thinking about all that stuff. So it's kind of, um, a twofold benefit there. So it's it's quieting your mind because you're focusing on the breathing and the breathing is actually helping um, put you back into the, that parasympathetic state. Um, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with what how you handle your daily living. So one of the, we back to the whole circadian rhythm thing. If we can get ourselves in tune with our circadian rhythms, with nature's circadian clock, circadian rhythms, it goes a long way to keeping our body in that parasympathetic state. And so um, there's a, a phrase I love that says, how well we rise is how well we sleep. Hmm. You typically don't think about the fact that what you do when you first get up in the morning actually can impact your sleep the following night. But it's true. So one tip um, that I'm trying to incorporate more in my own routine is to get outside into the morning light ideally within 90 minutes of sunrise. And to if you wear glasses, to leave your glasses inside, to really just allow your eyes kind of unprotected to register the sunlight. And at that time of day, you don't have to worry really about the UV rays. Um, It's more amber red lights coming through. And actually, if you're out at sunrise, you should be able to look right at the sun without worrying about any damage to the eyes. If it's a little bit later than that, you know, you do sun gazing, look in the general direction of the sun. Um, But what that helps to do is, as we talked about, um, as the light, as the sun rises and gradually blue light increases, you know, it helps us with our cortisol levels ramping up. And 
And so it's getting, it's waking our body up and it's setting that clock. Like I mentioned before, it's telling your body, okay, here we go. Let's make the cortisol and let's get ready later on to make the melatonin. And by, if we, if you do that consistently, if you're able to do that, say for a week or two, and in addition, even better, a bonus, if you're also able to catch the sunset in the evening outside, no glasses on, if you can do those two things consistently for a week or two, it's probably the fastest way that you can reset your circadian rhythm. And by doing that, as I mentioned, you know, you're, you're naturally putting yourself, setting yourself up to um, function optimally, be more productive, keep yourself in that parasympathetic state. Um, I think it helps to, when you do get ready to go to bed, then you hopefully don't have all that chatter going on in your mind. Well, that reinforces the habit of striving to be able to eat breakfast outside, perhaps in a little patio or a deck. If you're in that living environment where you can be mm -hmm. outside in the morning light mm -hmm. and breathing the fresh air and listening to the birds singing mm -hmm. and feeling yeah. the rays of the warmth, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's beneficial in more ways than one, especially if you're not eating things that are unhealthy at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. And even if it's overcast, there is still benefit to getting out there. Mm -hmm. So if you wake up and you're intending to go out and you see, I I've even gone out, you know, in the rain, um, you're still getting some benefit of getting some of that light into your eyes. So don't just roll over and go back to bed. If you see that it's raining outside. <laughs> well, Jennifer, I'm not sure that I would be going out in the rain. <laughs> I will leave that to you as a strategy. <laughs> I know that our listener is going to want to know about how to reach you and find out more about the services and what you offer. What would be the best way for that contact to take place? Sure. Um, so I am happy to receive emails from anybody. And my email is jen, J-E-N, at jenniferevewellness.com. If anyone has any questions about what we've talked about, I'm more than happy to field those um, via email. I do have a website, which is also jenniferevewellness.com that folks can check out as well. And can you spell the name of the website? J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-E-V-E-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com. Okay, Jennifer Eve, Eve Wellness. Wellness. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Right. And so that's the domain of my uh, email address. Yes. I just wanted to make sure we were spelling the Eve part correctly. Yes. I thought it would be easier than my last name to name my business with my middle name instead of Pat Node, which not many people can pronounce or spell. <laughs> Got it. I got it. Well, you know, my last name is Iyer because my husband is from India and you would be surprised what people can do to a simple four-letter last name. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so imagine mine. <laughs> I know. 
I feel your pain, Jennifer. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest on Legal Nurse Podcast. You have inspired me. And I know that the person who's just watched this on our YouTube channel at Legal Nurse Business or listened to it in the audio channels is thinking about their sleep patterns in a different way as a result of hearing your suggestions. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed our conversation. And as I mentioned, I'm more than happy to answer any questions folks may have. All right. I appreciate that. And for you who has been with us and is listening to our podcast at this point, thank you for investing half an hour of your time with us. I hope that you've gotten some benefit from listening to Jennifer, maybe thinking about sleep issues and activities that you can do differently to help improve your sleep if this is something that you struggle with. Be sure to come back next week for a new show, new guest. And at the end of this podcast, you'll see the clip of our next guest. So you'll know what's coming up. Be sure to go to the Apple Store or Google Play and download our app, which is Expert Edu. This is the place where you can get tips for your legal nurse consulting business once you put in the code that you see on the welcome screen to unlock more content. And also we have tips on improving your writing skills. Two pieces combined into one app at Expert Edu. See you in the next show. Coming up next, you'll have an opportunity to meet Dr. Arlene Wright, who is a highly credentialed nurse practitioner from the state of Florida, who provides a clinical role and an educational role for her nurse practitioner students and is well-versed in some of the legal issues and controversies around NP practice. Arlene, can you tell our viewer what were some of the topics that we covered in your podcast? So thank you, Pat. So the topics that we covered, we're going to talk a little bit about the nurse practitioner role and actually the various roles of advanced practice, as well as the credentialing. Because unfortunately, there's not one, one size doesn't fit all. There's many hats that nurse practitioners wear. We'll also talk about the various practice settings where you can find nurse practitioners just due to the evolving healthcare change in our, in our country today and the, and, the, and the need for primary care as well as other services. We'll also talk about some, some red flags that you might see in documentation as well as the concept of going bare that we see here in the state of Florida where physicians do not have to carry malpractice insurance, leaving the nurse practitioner sometimes with a somewhat of a target on their back. We also gonna to touch upon some situations that were not so pretty, some fraudulent things that impacted nursing programs and can impact our profession as well. So we look forward to this and many other topics as well. Be sure to come back to Legal Nurse Podcast to hear Dr. Arlene Wright share her concepts, share her knowledge on that list of topics that she just so nicely recited without notes, and you'll get inspired and educated on this role. See you at the next Legal Nurse Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
Check out Pat Iyer's resources for legal nurse consultants on LegalNurseBusiness.com. Pat coaches legal nurse consultants so they make more money, get more clients, and avoid expensive mistakes. Check out her coaching program at LNCAcademy.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our community to get notified of each new episode and to receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. We appreciate you and your interest.